Are you ready to give your employees and customers smooth, secure digital experiences? Then you need Ping Identity as an identity security pioneer. Ping champions your unique identity so your employees can be productive rock stars and your customers can engage with your brand wherever and however they want with lovable digital experiences. I'm the Chief Identity Champion and I'm here to help. Visit pingidentity.com today. NBA basketball fans, welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. He's Marshall Umkris, and we're here to break down the NBA Finals last night. Jimmy Butler got buckets. He lived up to his name, nickname, I should say, and he was just not having it. He LeBroned. He, he did the LeBron, basically. He did his best act, had one of the better finals of all time, as far as the game goes. Um, just willed his team to victory in so many different ways. The analytical uh, nerds are, no, I'm just kidding. Well, kind of. Um, they're just freaking having a heyday with these stats. And it's funny, these are the same dudes, some of them, that use analytics to downgrade Jimmy Butler as a player. The crazy thing is, he didn't make a three, and he didn't even take a three. He got his the old-fashioned way. He did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. As a team, they played great. AD got some foul problems, seemed to be tentative after that. Um, they just couldn't hit shots, a variety of things. But really, what stands out in Game 3 is Jimmy Butler making it a 2-1 series making game four a whole lot more interesting to us fans. So we're going to break down game three. We'll talk a little bit about game one and game two, some takeaways. And uh, we're about to dig into this in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast, welcome. Uh, It's strange doing this show in October, but hey, it is what it is. Um, But if this is your first time listening, you can, uh, it streams live right here under the uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio platform. It streams live at archives. It's basically the headquarters for a variety of my podcasts. But you don't have to listen to this NBA podcast at Blog Talk. You don't have to download it there if you don't want to or listen to the browser. You can find the rope podcast to listen to this show under Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really all across the board. We're also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network, which can be found everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's basketball, it's football, it's baseball, it's boxing, it's everything in between. And one thing, real quick, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. I use it myself. It's called AT&T TV now. It's live streaming cable. There's a seven-day free trial. There's no annual contracts. The plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And right now, if you sign up, you get a 30-day free trial of HBO Max. And here's another layer to the deal. If you sign up for the Max package, that already includes HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime, which is uh, normally $11 a month. That's AT&T TV Now live streaming cable. 
All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host in just a moment here. And you, you can really put this thing in perspective as far as what Jimmy Butler did. Jimmy Butler is the sixth player in the NBA Finals history with a 30-point triple-double. LeBron has two. James Worthy has one. Jerry West, ha- Jerry West excuse me, has one. Um, and that's it. Uh, wait, yeah, there's only a couple other. That's right. I'm sorry. The 35-point triple-double. That's that's the, the names I just uh, I just uh, named off there. But, man, I mean, like I said, the crazy thing, he didn't even take a three, which is phenomenal, too. He grinded it out to try to get this W. He put the heat on their back. And it was just a fun exhibition of talent there to see um analytically lebron did the best against them but you know they threw switches he's not going to guard him the whole time kuzman uh, kuros i mean they, they green they threw a bunch of dudes at him and it didn't matter actually i think it was kcp when butler made a bucket and he put his hands down kind of by his hip like he's too small for me dude. get another guy they literally tried about five dudes on him, and even when they get LeBron on him, they were successful in getting the switch and going right at Kuzman and, like I said, KCP. It was phenomenal, dude. Um, and from a fan's perspective, Marshall, and I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host now, it's just nice to know that game four has a lot at stake rather than is it going to be a sweep or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it does make it uh, much more entertaining. I would still say that the Heat are still a, um, a significant underdog for the value of coming back to win the series. But again, I mean, we could have a couple more performances like that. Um, I just saw on SportsCenter that Bam Adebayo is like getting back to questionable. His neck is getting better. So maybe like there, there's a, a little chance of some of some more competitive games coming up. Because, I mean, before this started, there were people talking Lakers sweep. And after two games, people were definitely talking Lakers sweep. And I'm sure a lot of people actually bet the Lakers to sweep with a after, you know, whether it was before the series or after game one, when you're when your line for that was like just barely above even money. I'm sure after game two, it wasn't. But, yes, we, we have a more competitive series now. Um, honestly, I think last night just kind of symbolizes the, the team that the Heat are. Just a, a bunch of dogs who just like, as I think Bam said after they won the Eastern Conference title, he's like every guy in this locker room has a chip on their shoulder. And I know that is a, a big times a sport cliche, but if you look at the backgrounds of a lot of these players, like it's, it's really the truth for that team. Like, you know, Butler, as you've said, is a, a hell of a player, but seems to have a bad rap and always moving around. Um, Dragic has been a vet for a long time, but never really had any proven accolades. Uh, Duncan Robinson was a, a Division three basketball player who no one believed in. Tyler Hero, people are always were giving him shit. Like they really do have a, a competitive. It's the round two, you know. Yeah. Oh, and and Iguodala is maybe Iguodala, not yeah. underrated, but dude, that dude freaking all he does is just compete his ass off and try to win. So they have. A, I a mean, he was trying line. to guard Davis, dude. <laughs> like in doing a pretty good job at it. So you just got a team with a lot of heart. And again, that, that's a cliche used a lot in sports. But for this time, I, I truly think it applies to that team. And you saw that last night. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and in, in the second quarter, when, when the Lakers guy actually got a lead, um, when I thought, okay, here we go, here comes the lead and some comfortableness, um, Lakers got up five. Um, but then Rondo had a, a, a dumb turnover. And I know this cause I bet the Lakers to win that first half and they didn't. So that pissed me off, but, um, he had a dumb turnover. He passed the ball to no one and then he missed the three. And then the, probably the biggest play of the second quarter was the charge call they threw on Anthony Davis, which I actually thought was a really, really bad call. And again, I, I'm, I'm happy for the heat. I'm still pulling for him. But when I, when I bet money, I was going for the Lakers. But that charge call on Olenek, where I, I really thought Olenek like, literally jumped into Anthony Davis, but the ref saw it the other way. And with the last five minutes of the quarter, you went from having AD and LeBron to just LeBron. And I really thought that the Heat were aggressive. They attacked. Um, when you had freaking uh, Danny Green and Alex Caruso trying to guard Butler, like that wasn't even a, a matchup. And it, it, it kind of confused me too, Chris, because there was actually quite a few moments in the game where Butler would be down low or even Crowder would be down low. And they'd be attacking a guy like Caruso and Danny Green, but there was never any doubles or any help. So I'm guessing that must be kind of an idea from um, from uh, what the hell's his name? A uh, Vogel. That that must be a Lakers coach's decision. Sure. But I mean, to see Butler continuously go go to the rim against Butler, or, or sorry, to see Butler attack, you know, um, again Crusoe or Danny Green, it's like, I, you know, LeBron coming over to um, chip and help would really make a hell of a difference. Like I, I didn't quite understand that and. As you also mentioned, and I'll throw it back to you, Butler didn't hit any threes. Well, he didn't need to because he had a a hell of a game for sure. But those guys I mentioned, like Danny Green Crusoe, aren't going to stop you. Or they're not going to stop Crowder. And it was a continuously run to the rim, run to the rim, size disadvantage. And the Lakers didn't make any uh, doubles, which I guess, Chris, that just, it surprised me a little. Why not? I mean, you know, you know, you're a disadvantage. Why, why not have a big try to put in some help defense instead of go man on man? And, and it costs you a lot. I mean, it's not the only reason, but it definitely cost him a loss and definitely surprised me. Yeah. And I remember there was this moment that Davis had probably from like 15, 16 feet out. Davis had checked and looked like he was lined up fine with Butler. And then Caruso kind of got nervous and came and doubled once. And it's like, no, no, this is not the time to double, dude. He can't take Davis to the rim, you know, like strongly like that, or else he's no. going to have to put some kind of crazy shit up that may or may not go in. Don't leave Hero. I'll, you know, and that was a big three. I think it was the three-point play when he did the the Billy Idol uh, um, Elvis Presley lip, you know, when he thought he was real tough at the end of the game and stuff. That was kind of funny. But that that was like the only time I, I was saying the same thing. Like, dude, oh, so now you double when you have AD and they got him kind of in the, you know, it seemed like it was kind of in the lane. It seemed like he was contained. It was no big deal. And it, I noticed that throughout the whole game uh, as well. It, it was kind of funky. I also think that when they did finally put LeBron on him, and of course you're not going to do that for the whole game anyway, but – they the switching, you know, at some point you're just going to have to go under the screen or something. You're not going to have to. You don't want to have that switch as many times. Sometimes it just happens and it works perfectly and there's nothing you could do. But other times I, I think that they're going to have to they're going to have to do something there. 
I also thought with Davis, um, they were fronting and trapping him pretty well early. And Davis did pick up his second with like six minutes or something early, you know, in the game. And so he went out for, I think it was a seven or eight minute stretch. And the problem is LeBron had to stay in longer at that point. And so when he came back in the game, LeBron had to sit. So there was moments there. And then, like you said, he, he got that third fall too. So he just didn't, he was, whatever it was, the defense, we can't just say, oh, he had a bad game because I think you got to credit Miami there. But, you know, two out of the three falls were probably ticky-tack, but we've seen that more now without the noise uh, distraction. But also, you know, whether I'm glad that you brought up turnovers with Rondo and other folks. I mean, eight to one very early on, I think 10 in the first quarter was an eight to one difference. They were just turning the hell out of the ball over. And somehow, some way, the Lakers actually managed to, to keep it close. And like you said, they got up 37-33 at the 7-30 mark. And then, boom, um, as you mentioned as well, uh, you know, the, the Heat took over. And it was really Butler and LeBron. Otherwise, people were in you know, some role players are doing okay, but not really. 14 turnovers at the half. Um and Miami just went on a streak. They got up 68 to 54. I believe it was 70 to 54. And the Lakers managed to cut it down to 85 to 80. Um, and they just kind of, you know, windled it down a little bit. And I think Davis in that third quarter stepped up finally. And Morris was stepping up. Morris and uh, Kuzman, he was. He was doing really well. I think back-to-back threes. Um, from Morris and a Rondo layup had it 91-89, but you know a minute later they were down by five again. And, and we talk about this from time to time when we talk about basketball, whether it's the college ball show, college basketball, or the NBA show. Basketball's game runs. Sounds obvious, but if you if you're down by 14 or 16, you come back. It's like there's going to be a timeout when you cut it under you know, into single digits, right? They're going to probably call a timeout somewhere in there. And then when you either even up with them or take the lead, they're probably going to call a timeout, whatever. Um, But at that moment, since it's a game of runs and momentum and everything like that, to me, it's like the Lakers and most other teams have to either, they almost have to like get over the hump or not get down by six or eight again. And they weren't able to do that. Jimmy basically took them home. After that, he was just taken over no matter who. Olenek was just phenomenal in, in little spots. Um, and like I said, a bigger guy on Butler and double or something. Kuzma, like I said, I give Morris and Kuzma um, credit for hitting threes to get him back in the game that they were knocking some shots down. But so many bad plays down the stretch. And... Uh, you know, I don't know if it's like subconsciously they kind of let their guard on for how the first two games went. Um, I'm not sure things happened, but I really think it was just Butler saying, nah, dude, you know, this is my game. But when you look at the center position in these three games, now we know Bam defensively, he's a lot more sound than the other two, Leonard and Olenek, but... I mean, they've put together some numbers from an offensive standpoint. And the fact that they're in the game, I don't think game two, they actually played that bad at all. Uh, I think they were just outgunned. 
And uh, it's not like Jimmy didn't play good either, just not what he did in this game. Um, but they got to like what they're getting out of their one-two punch at center. And it just highlights the depth of this team, especially offensively. I remember when we go down the list of three or four, four guys that hadn't even got into the damn game. This is really showing their depth here that we already knew, but it's really – I mean, that center position, they're getting numbers. Yeah, it's just a, a well-composed, put-together team. And I would expect a, another well-fight-out effort. Again, maybe LeBron – well, LeBron's always going to do his part, and I'm worried about him. But maybe Anthony Davis has a better game. Maybe the uh, Lakers win game four. But, again, this is a wake-up call for them. Um, I believe that the number that kind of blew my mind, which did not help my bet, was the fact that uh, 14 turnovers in the first half of a finals game was, I think, the most ever since like a finals game in 91. So if you're going if you're ever going back like over almost 30 years on a stat or something like clearly something was like off that day, like for whatever reason. Um, And part of that, which I kind of looking back, I was kind of dumb on me and maybe the Lakers. Part of it probably was contentness. They're probably thinking, okay. Like, you know, no matter how good even the best athletes are, they still have a lot of habits that a regular person does. And it's okay. We're up 2-0. Like, you know, Bam is out. Drogs is out. Like, you know, it could be the the, the tenacity for the Lakers probably was not as high for game three as it was for game one or two. You know, there's a, a little bit of a natural taking your foot off the gas for a second. But as we saw, that ended up costing them a, a loss in the big picture of it. Um, but yeah, aside from Butler... Um, one thing we did see to kind of wrap up the game for the Heat was uh, clutch threes by their shooters. Um, I know down the stretch, Olenek hit a couple of nice shots. Um, Tyler Hero hit a couple of shots. Uh, I was just kind of like you were seeing the glimpses of a team who um, was doing the same thing in the Eastern Conference, where a player would drive and kick, and hell, they they, they pass and swing the ball even better than the Lakers do. The Lakers just happen to have LeBron, who makes people move around, but. There was good passing, good swinging, good help defense. And again, I, I expect Chris, uh, a rejuvenated Lakers. I don't think they'll have 14 turnovers. I think Davis will probably play better. Um, but yeah, their, their attention was caught. The, the, the sweep, if you had a sweep ticket, that 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 dream is over. And if if Bam is back, that then all of a sudden we're getting a little closer to having some faith. Again, the Lakers are still the favorite, and rightfully so. But if by chance, let's say you see... Um, the Heat win game two, and now we have a tied series. Now Bam is back game five. Now we got some like pretty good like must watch TV. Like I I don't think the um I don't think that'd be out of the realm. Like maybe Butler goes off again like he did last night. If Butler puts up another triple double, like who's to say we couldn't see the series go on a little bit longer? Um, and from a coaching perspective, I think that. I mean, it's really hard to assess Vogel just because he has LeBron. But I think Spolster is trying to do all he can. Um, obviously, he pulled the right uh, uh, pulled the right triggers, pulled the push the right buttons. He did all he could that last night. Um, but I think for my last point and moving forward is that LeBron's going to get his. Anthony Davis still might be a little sporadic, but it's still going to come down to the role players of the Lakers who are not as consistent as the Heat players are. Like we know for a fact that uh, Crowder and Aggie and Olenek 
are going to put up good games. Same with Hero. They're going to put up good games. It's just the LeBron-Davis combo game is too much for them to stop. So when we have game four, will Danny Green and KCP and Rondo bring out their A game? If so, the Lakers win. If not, we could be looking at a tied series because, again, the Heat are so stable. Uh, and if, if Anthony Davis slips up again, Chris, it, it would be fun. I'm hoping for it. I'm pulling for it. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, wake-up call, Lakers bounce back. Um, what's your gut saying for when they tip off tomorrow? Well, before we get there, let's just talk a couple of things, game one and game two. Okay. Um, game three, the zone was not there like it had been in game one and game two for Miami. I think they said, you know what, we'll live and die with these bastards shooting threes. Let's sure. just crowd – Davis in and one of the was the charge right there and crowd and keep uh, Brawny outside in the three point line as best as we could and you know it was eighteen to ten and then twenty three to ten we're talking game one twenty three to ten five thirty six mark thirteen zero run Butler sits down boom twelve three run they end up. Somehow up 31 to 28, going on 19 to 3, won the Lakers. Uh, and they were hitting their threes. That was key. They hit um, 11 threes sometime in the second quarter and 13 of their first 20 from three. So you just, that's why it was 65 to 48 and Davis was going off. That That's really why it happened. Now, after that, the game was kind of, well, it was out of reach. So sometimes they were jacking too many threes, but still. It's not like Miami in game three hit a bunch of threes. I think they only hit one more, but they took like nine less. And we know Miami cranks the threes. So I think that, like you said, the role player thing, and you could see sometime in game two that um, that there's something up. Not with Danny Green's gimpy. His hip, something's up with his hip. They're stretching him way more now. He's hurting him right now. He definitely is because he can't even defend like he normally can. He, I think he was over five. The starting lineup um, was was really bad besides LeBron in game three um, and, and somewhat in game two as well. Um, but they were just you can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus when used as directed on hard non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. I mean, the amount of missed shots. That, I mean, the, the role players just missing shots. Um, it's really coming down to LeBron, AD, and Rondo. Those are the three that they can always step up and do something about Howard uh, in a very limited role can do something. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting how this is playing out. Um, I do, you know, I think that they should just forget. They've done it a couple times, and this kind of leads into game four. They've done it a couple times, I think two times now, three times, where they just said, right now, forget Howard. Bam's not in the game. Their, their starter Leonard's not anywhere even good as their backup guy. Oh, not, you know, he's better defensively, um, you know, than uh, Olenek. But as far as just 
all-purpose numbers and stuff, he's we know Linux doing the damage there. But I really think that they should just put – I'm not saying don't play Howard because he's been efficient in, in what he does. and I'm not saying that. But do we really need Howard, like, going out to the three-point line covering Olenek? Like, I, I don't know. I would go small, and Morris is not a small dude per se, and he's a little bit more of a roughhouse, and he can stretch the floor. I think for game four, they should go with Morris in the starting lineup. It's, been, it's, it's worked every time they've done it. I think it'd be the fourth time they did it just in the playoffs. I think that's... Um, an adjustment they need to make. I do think AD is going to come back strong. A lot of that had to do with, uh, like you said, foul problems. But as far as my gut, what's my gut telling me? I think that they'll win the next two games, the Lakers. But what do you think as far as how the game's played? Now, three games in a row offensively, I can't sit there and, and really poke holes in Miami's game. I really can't, especially considering the last two without their guy, you know, a main two main guys. Um, are, are they due for a bad night offensively? I think that's a fair assessment. Do you feel like it's going to go down to the wire? Because we haven't had that game that went all the way down to the wire yet. Last night it was like four or five points as it got to six, five, four minutes, but then they kind of stretched it out to six to eight enough to where you thought, oh, it's over, especially when Hero hit that uh, three-point play and Butler hit an N1, I believe. Um, how do you think – like, I think the Lakers will win. I think they'll win the next two games, but how do you think game four goes? I mean, will it be, you know, 124 to a, a buck ten, or do you think it, it will finally get a game that goes down to the wire? Um, I, I think if, if by chance Bam comes back or actually realistically, if he, he, if he is questionable and you don't play game five until Friday, there could be some optimism and hope that if he's thinking about playing game four, game five, maybe could be a for sure. And he thought about game three, not to interrupt too. It was close. Yeah. They said. So, so I guess theoretically for optimism from a Miami standpoint, if Bam is even questionable for four, maybe five, he's a guarantee. So that gives you some possibility of helping and grand he played in one, but you know, whatever. So that's good news Um, for game four though. Again, it, it really, I mean, hell last night, um, KCP pulled a freaking Paul George. He drilled the side <laughs> of the backboard on a, on a three. So, I mean, what? they need to trade his ass, dude. I, I, I those might just get rid of them. They got 11 guys under contract for next year. Get rid of those two for whatever. The, Get a, uh, whoever, just get rid of them, dude. I know. I, and I was, and I've, I've bet on the heat all playoffs. They've won me all play. It was really stupid to even just ponder going against it and then whatever. Anyways. So I think for game four, again, from, from, to answer your heat question, I think that they are such a well-balanced, well-functioned running offense. They're never going to have a awful off night. I mean, well, I, I mean, I guess they did it in game one, actually game one, they had a fucking horrible night when they gave up like a, 80 to 30 run. But I, I do think that overall, I think that the heat offense with normally with all the shooters they have, will will put up their points. And I think a lot of the reason that Heat can put a points outside is because how the Lakers played. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we know for a fact that the, that the, um, the heat love to have a, a, a well-set offense that 
leads to a lot of extra passing, which is uh, a lot of patience, and they shoot an open three, you know. And then the Lakers are kind of doing the same thing, and they're they're kind of it, it, honestly, it seems unless LeBron is attacking the rim, that the Lakers just kind of chill out there on on the three point line, no matter what. Like I, yeah. and it's kind of surprised me. And I know that they've got that way as far as they have, cause they have LeBron, but they really don't have much of an offense. It, it's literally LeBron's going to drive to the hoop, which is unstoppable, which I get's a good plan, but you, you just kind of look for these sets and like my Miami's offense is massively more of a NBA productive standpoint offense where the, where the Lakers, it's just like, all right, uh, LeBron, do you want to go? No. Okay well, let's have LeBron drive somewhere and then he can kick for a three. Like, there's really no attacking the rim besides LeBron. So, you know, if the role players have an off night, I think that's what opens the door for Miami because Miami, again, just has better players. So I expect a close game. I think that the production will continue to stay up for the heat. And they're, they're not the top guys. But again, the Rondo, KCP, Danny Green uh, factor is really, I think, what decides it again. Th- those guys were sloppy and had a lot of turnovers. AD got in foul trouble, ban, the Heat win a game. Um, I don't think the Heat are going to be held under 100 points. I think they score 100 tomorrow. It's just a matter of will they um, keep the Lakers from dropping, you know, a, a buck 20, Chris? Yeah. It, um, I don't know. I mean, I think when they get uh, AD in the – not just the low post, because that's hard to do nowadays as much, and it just doesn't happen as much, but even the mid post – I mean, let's not forget, you know, there's only three guys in the first two finals games that have gone 30-plus. That's Durant, Jordan, and AD. I mean, he, he played pretty damn – like, he, he was like the model of efficiency if you look at the first two games. Uh, so it's not just Braun. Um, but you're right as far as it's either AD or Braun, and it, but it, it, it's like where are they going to get the ball first? especially AD too many times in these playoffs, too many times in the season, but especially these playoffs, he's gotten the ball at the three point line. And it's just stupid because then you got, you're making this big, have to drive and attract the whole defense to him. And I know that's great, but they don't have the shooters, you know? So they have really streaky shooters. So it is kind of a, you know, I'll say this when they get it going though, and they are in the mid post and they are moving all of a sudden, it is actually very fundamental and somewhat pretty to watch because it's easy buckets. It's in the lane. It's points in the paint. Points in the paint was huge in the first two games, not so much in game three. And then they can just do good little two-man games and give and goes. And they do a lot of good stuff when they get it clicking. But, yeah, and then on the fast break, obviously, they're really pretty to watch. Although sometimes Rondo lately is it's like, dude, stop. What are you doing? Dude, come on. Like, just chucking the ball half court and throwing it out of bounds. And Kuzma on the other day went through the lane, did a 180, and tried to do a Magic Johnson pass, and it wasn't near anyone, dude. It was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be the third guy. You're not. Sit the fuck down. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think they'll close out. You never did answer my question, by the way. Um, I do think they'll close out game four, game five. What are your thoughts? Oh, uh, after after losing a, uh, a, a chunk of money, I'm going to say that uh, I think the Heat won another one. So I'll, 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 I'll say the gritty, scrappy Heat pulled another one off. I, I'll say uh, LeBron in six. 
that's fair. Um, now, before we get out of here, um, now that we're in a 2-1 situation, it's not flip, but still they won a game. And it should be, you know, with Bam and Dragic out, that, that's a huge, those are key pieces. You, you did pick them to win in six. Do you even feel stronger at that point now? Or, like, let's say next year they meet again, would you still be like, yep? Of course, it's hard to say that because I think there'll be other role players, like even two different role players. Even if they could get what's-his-toes back, who didn't, you know, Avery Bradley, and then add another role player, I think that would help the Lakers in general. Um, I think Rondo in a limited action with him and Bradley can really – and I mean limited action through the 82-game season. Well, I say 82 games, but it might be 70. Who knows? Um, and I like how they're saying we're probably not going to start till January now. I really like that. There's no point in forcing the season start. But do you feel stronger about your your um, your your pick now? Uh, just because, like in general, you know, obviously it's not going to happen more than likely. But do you feel stronger now that they won a game? when some people thought it was a sweep. Um, I hearken back to um, just good all-around teams that beat teams with two or three stars, um, like the Detroit Pistons against the Lakers, like the Dallas Mavericks, who were super deep, that beat the Heat, like uh, Cleveland about five years ago when they were up 2-1. to one. That's what makes me think of this initial point, Marshall, up 2-1 to one against Golden State. That little point guard was messing with Curry a little bit, and he, he demolished him. They won, you know, the next three games and won in six games. How are you feeling about Miami in general, your pick, and then going into next year? You got to feel like they're probably going to win the finals next year. Next year, I think if you keep this same squad again, injury-free season, I think next year you have a, a hell of a team. And you and I don't give a shit what they say about Toronto Milwaukee. Like, that's probably the best squad coming back with one of the – one of the best coaches like that. I mean, you got a squad now you're getting, um, and we always love to see, or we, I shouldn't say love what we always see the progression, especially in um, spot up shooters, like the, the steps that Clay Thompson made over his first couple of years, I'd expect to see the same type of steps in progress. I know they're different players, but in like Duncan Robinson and hero, yeah, like young, exactly. yeah, they, for, yeah, it's uh, there's so much growing potential. So, if the Heat win three in a row and I hit my pick, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna probably win a lot of money because I would be I, I I might have to bet a little bit on that because the odds would be heavily against me. Yeah. But if if by chance you get Butler to have another crazy game and you get Bam back for Game Five, like crazier things have happened. But yet I and I was telling some coworkers this, it still blows my mind that after so many years, it feels like he's been doing it for 20 years that. When LeBron wants to drive to the basket, there's still no one strong enough on this earth to stop him. And like I know he had a travel last night. Um, Butler was able to take a charge with an with an elbow. I mean, you know, it just it it still amazes me at how effortlessly he makes it look because it's not effortlessly. The guys put in more time and reps as probably as much as Kobe or anyone else you'd want to name. But just how LeBron still gets the job done so easily and. That's just in the back of my head. I'm like, man, if the Heat win, awesome. It'd be an incredible story. But that dude is just a true alpha. And he, he LeBron had a great game last night, but Robin was out and all of his little henchmen were out too. So, 
Um, Seriously, they're like, oh, shit, we got a game tonight? I didn't even know we had a game. Yeah. I'm in the bubble, dude. I got lost. I didn't even know. Dude, um, the, only, the, only, the only thing I'll say was I, I, was, I was truly surprised of how much of a beatdown they had in game one. I mean, the way game one started, I'm like, oh, shit, the Heat are hitting their threes. And all of a sudden, you go on, like, almost a 50-point swing of a run. You almost yeah. never see that in NBA. In college, sure. But NBA, uh, like an 82 to 33 run, like that's almost unheard of. But, I mean, I know that the Lakers have threes and everything, but that was just an insane game. Yeah. So um, I, 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 the chances aren't done. They had a win last night. Um, but I think this would cap off an, a remarkable, remarkable comeback because LeBron just isn't – he's in a, a good situation, and these are moments where he normally doesn't let a team come back against them. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i a massive underdog, but um, it, I'm happy we have at least have a series. If it was 3-0, um, it'd, be, it'd be pretty tough to muster up any hope. I think LeBron would probably get the dagger out after that point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, my friend. Yeah, it was 75-30. to 30. That's nuts. Freaking for NBA, that's insane. And at one point, 68 to 29 since the 421 mark of the first. I mean, that was just like, John, the Lakers are the first team to trail by double digits, then lead by double digits at the end of the first half since 96, 97 when they put that together. Yeah. Um, And you're, and that's a heat team that demolished teams that Vegas had favored, like had good odds to win a title. Like I just, that, that that truly was a remarkable performance, but Rondo was shooting 46% from three in the playoffs. dude. (laughs) I mean, and I really think that they can get more out of him the next couple of years because they only will play him 20-some minutes a game during the regular season. That that combo with him and Bradley, I really love that that combo. Here's another – I got a question, then we'll get out of here unless, you know, you have something sure. else you, you want to say. Um, this was Miami's first team together as a unit, and we know how that happens, you know, um, we knew LeBron was stuck in what should I do having such a stud player that already has a ring in Wade. And he was tentative uh, those back-to-back games in the finals. And, he, and it took him a year to kind of get their groove. I say that because how much – and it's hard to put a percentage on it. We know the bubble does do something. We know that. We, we know that. That's a guarantee. But, you know, is it 5%? Is it 20%? Is it a sliver? We don't really know. But here's my here's my question about Miami. They're gonna grow. Uh, Butler's a perfect guy on this squad because when you need scoring, I can do it. But we'll spread the fucking ball a lot. Um, I think on his 13 assists, they scored 33 points. Um, but my point is, is this the the growth that they can have together? What they're going through right now in the growing, in the youth, youthful players that you mentioned too. They can grow. They're going to get better, no doubt about it. Bam, looks like he is going to be all pro now from here on out. Um, but they did end up, when it was the regular season, when it was you play in our arena, you all play in yours, they did end up fifth. So you wonder, and some of those games could have been different, um, like with Boston. Um, if, if there was home court in there, um, what, what do you think? You think just the, the youthfulness and the fact that this is their first run through that they're going to get to the finals next year, healthy, obviously, 
or how much do we play this into the bubble? I think that has to be mentioned because why weren't they showing this, you know, during the rig? They did end up fifth. So there is something to be said about that. Now, obviously, they have a new lineup, too. And that's part of the whole mixing up the lineup and knowing what to stick with and what not to. And hey, Hero's better off the bench or this, that, and the third. What do you say about that? I think that's worth mentioning because we don't know ultimately what the bubble effect is, but we know there's some. I I think that the bubble really does complement the heat because as I've said a couple times and read the articles and I get, you could give this an opinion or you call an opinion. I'd more call more of a fact. This is maybe one of the best team ran organizations, in the NBA period. Maybe, maybe you put it right up there with pop. So I'm not saying it's the best team ever, but for sure. team chemistry, like the, if you read the articles about the heat and the organization, the way they run their shit, like this is a true team. I mean, Jimmy's and, happy. So there's, it's gotta be pretty good. <laughs> and, and you got a guy like Udonis Haslam who during game two was like, you know, um, calling people out on the bench, like you know, the, and he's he's a guy they're pretty much just chilling there for like a veteran leadership role. Like everything about this is team, team, team. You had a team like the Clippers, who um, if you played pickup ball, like they're probably more skillful than the Heat. Maybe it'd be close, but they 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 didn't handle the bubble well. They had players, you know, Paul George said he was handling mental issues that we talked about. Even I think that something was just off with them. Like they were the people voting, like, hey, let's go home after the Wisconsin thing. Like. The bubble wasn't meant for them. Um, even there was even hockey teams talking the same scenario where yep, some hockey exactly. teams were loving it because they're younger guys without a bunch of wife and kids. But there was some mm-hmm. veteran hockey teams that were missing their wives and kids. Like, you know, there's so many different scenarios. So, yeah, if you're talking about a true team, obviously, I think that the bubble was beneficial for the Heat. Um, but going towards next year, um, I think that if you obviously – I don't see Butler going anywhere. I haven't heard any bad yeah. news about him Sorry, there. Son. Riley loves him. So, um, I think that you're going to – yeah, and you're, you're going to have a, a team that's going to probably be hungry. I mean, um, like there's so many times in sports where you lose a you lose a, a competitive playoff run and then you come back and win the next year. Um, that happened with Carolina and Villanova in the championship. Hell, last year in hockey, uh, Tampa Bay lost a, a choking first round for the best regular season ever, and they won the Stanley Cup this year. You see so many times where even Golden State with the Clippers and the Spurs, like before they went on their run, they had – some heartbreaks. So normally in sports, Chris, if you keep the same team, having a heartbreaking defeat gets the team motivated for the following year to compete even more. Um, so I, I would be optimistic if, if you look to get the heat to win the East next year, it won't be a, a bad idea because I'm sure they won't be the favorite. You're still going to have Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philly. Like they're still going to be those top teams up there. So yeah, I, and I would, it matters I would, what Giannis does too, you know, Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would be I would for sure be cautiously, actually heavily optimistic that this Heat team could make a good run because there's just so many key players on there. And you've established so many well roles that you got to be excited um, for next year. And if you're a Lakers fan for next year, as long as that dude named uh, LeBron is healthy, like you could easily be in the same situation uh, again. Like it's just it's truly remarkable. Twist his ankle. For the finals, they'll be in good shape. It's just truly effing remarkable at how good the guy is and how good he's been for so long. I, you, like, watching him last night, it to me, that was the same looking LeBron that who I saw play Golden State when they played each other for the first time in the finals. Like, I'm putting my head down. I'm going to run the lane, and no one's going to stop me. And I'm still going to, like, make good passes. I'm still going to play great defense. It's just it, – it's limitless. Just it 
It's like he's he's an immortal basketball player. It, it honestly feels that way. I just, and we haven't it, seen this at this age. LeBron no. in the last 20 or 25 finals games, basically since 2015, 32.7, 11 and a half boards, and 9.3 assists. Jesus Christ. Defensive stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's dude. you want to uh, you got any last thoughts? Otherwise, let's uh, let's shut this puppy down. All right. Well, um, we'll be back next week. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll for sure be back. Um, if if it's two to two or if they get up three to two, <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting podcast coming back. So I mean, we'll be then, doing a podcast real quick. Like if it's <laughs> three to two, yeah. we're not going to have Monday. Go heat, go. So, uh, uh, we'll be back soon again. Make sure, well, today, well, it's, today's the last day to uh, register yourself to vote. Make sure to register yourself to vote. Cause that is important this year for numerous, many reasons. Uh, mask up, stay safe. The boys are out tonight. Peace. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.